You're listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSM, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. Do you guys remember the series that we're in? What's it called? It's called Be Real. And what are we talking about? Sex and dating and relationships, right? It's, it's been a crazy series. And how many weeks have we been talking about this? Three weeks, right? Uh-oh. I'm gonna have to bring it back in. How many weeks, y'all, how many weeks have we been talking about this series? Three weeks, three weeks. And last week, we talked about dating, right? It was the first part of dating, and this week, we are concluding with the second part of dating. Are you guys ready? I'm glad you're not ready. Uh, It's gonna be awesome. And we've got some ground rules for this series, all right? So, as I go through these, I want you to think about them and remember them as we talk through tonight, okay? The first ground rule is I'm gonna treat you guys like adults. That's right, you have to act like adults, that's right. Yes, and here's the thing, I'm gonna, second ground rule is I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. I'm gonna be straight up real, and we're gonna talk about truths that we see in scripture, we're gonna be talking about how the world tends to distort those truths to make them seem like they're something else, and the third truth is this. I want you guys to have an open mind as we are talking about sex, dating, and relationships, I want you to realize that a lot of the things that we're talking about are gonna look a lot different than what you see, whether it's on TV or in the lyrics of songs or maybe at school or maybe, maybe it's, you see it with different people in your whatever it may be in your circle, right? We are gonna be talking about things that come straight from scripture and we need to recognize as we are having an open mind that the creator, the designer, God was the one who instituted this design. And there is no one better to listen to than the one who actually knitted us in our mother's womb and knows what's best for us. Does that make sense? Awesome, awesome. So my outline for tonight, I want you guys to know, I'm, my goal is to answer a couple of questions for you guys. The first thing, now that we've talked about the the consumer mindset versus companion mindset, we talked about that last week, right? We talked about how a lot of us, we wanna go into dating and we have a consumer mindset. It is one of, oh, well, they need to be tall but not too tall. They need to be athletic and muscular but not too muscular but still muscular enough to have a six pack. They need to have blonde hair but they can't have blonde hair and then when they stay out in the sun, they get red. They need to have blonde hair and get tan. And what happens? Beauty fades, popularity fades, status fades, money changes, and if we put all of our eggs into the basket of what they look like, we're gonna be disappointed. So we're trying to avoid a consumer mindset and we want a companion mindset. We want somebody that we can actually go on a journey of life with. So we're gonna talk about tonight What do I actually look for in candidates for this companion journey, right? And here's the thing. I know a lot of you guys are in middle school. Honestly, I would advise that if you don't got a vehicle, I don't know if it makes sense to be dating. I'm gonna just be real with you. But here's the thing. Companion mindsets don't 
just work for dating relationships. They work for friend relationships as well. They work for the people that you want to be close around you as you do what? As you journey through life, all right? So we're gonna talk about what do I look for in a companion? And the second thing are what are the boundaries in dating relationships? Because again, I want to, as you guys get older, I wanna do my best for you as you enter into these companion relationships to build a foundation. You go into relationships with standards so that you are not constantly compromising on your morals throughout your relationship. Does that make sense? Good. All right, so the first point is a question actually. Can I journey with them? I saw a really cool documentary on Netflix the the other day and it's called 14 Peaks, Nothing is Impossible. And it's about a man, and I'm gonna butcher his name. A man named Nimral Nimsdai Perja. And basically, in 2019, so a few years ago, four years ago now, he announced that he was gonna climb all 14 of the um, tallest peaks in the world, all of the mountains over 8,000 meters, which is approximately 26,247 feet. So these are some tall, these is Everest, Kilimanjaro, like all of those things, right? He's gonna climb them all. Well, in addition to climbing them all, he was gonna set a new world record for how fast he climbed them. You see, the previous world record was seven years, six months, and 10 days. Well, Nimsdai, he did it in six months and six days. So 14 mountains, all over 26,000 feet in six months and six days. And his, he and his team faced many difficulties along the way. It was an extremely difficult thing to go through, okay? But I want us tonight to imagine that we are Nimsdai and we are going on this journey to climb over mountains. Why do I want us to imagine this? Because our life is a journey. There are going to be good things where we summit the top of a peak. There are gonna be valleys where we're coming down and then we're going into something tough. We recognize there are more challenges ahead. There's gonna be days where you feel like you don't wanna do the climbing. There's gonna be days where you feel encouraged. I want us to imagine like we are going on a journey. And remember, Nimsdai, he had to have a team for this. He didn't do this by himself. And he had to look for some specific characteristics and traits in the people that he did this with. So, us as Nimsdai, us going through the journey of life, we need to look through for some specific characteristics of people, okay? So, can I journey with them? The first thing we need to look for, they need to have the same goal and direction. Nimsdai needed to find people who were willing to do the hard stuff to climb the mountains. Their goal was, I wanna climb all 14 of these because there's a lot of us in this room who'd be like, oh yeah, that's cool, but then on day two, when we realize the oxygen's dropping and there's no pizza on Mount Everest, we'd be like, I'm out of this. So he needed people who were moving in the same direction as him. In the same way as we are looking for companions, whether that's in a dating relationship or whether that is in a friendship, they need to have the same goal and direction as us. What does that mean? They need to be actively following Jesus. They need to first have their relationship with Jesus right, and then their relationships with people will sort themselves out. Why? 
because apart from the vine, we can do nothing. That's what John 15 says. John 15 talks about how we are to abide in the vine. Who is the vine? The vine is Jesus. And and if you abide in the vine, you're gonna produce fruit, meaning good things. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Those are the fruits of the Spirit really fast. And apart from that vine, those fruits do not get produced. Meaning, in our life, we need to be surrounding ourselves with people who are moving in the same direction, right? This is what we need to know. 1 Corinthians 15, says that bad company corrupts good character. If we surround ourselves with people who are doing whatever they want, we're gonna look like those people. Gabe, I don't believe you. I'm strong, I can do it myself. I got good willpower, it's all good. Let me give you some facts, all right? So, a famous study from 1984 showed us that the most likely indicators for drug use among adolescents were the friends around them using drugs in their relationships with their parents. Let's put an emphasis on the friends around them using drugs. In the same way, when you get in trouble, who do you typically get in trouble with? With your friends, right? Or a brother or a sister you're close with, right? When you get real talking real, real loud and laughing really, really hard, and then somebody's like, man, we took this too far, who's it typically with? Your friends, right? And all of that stuff is great. You're having a great time with your friends, whatever. Here's what we need to know. That if you've got friends, we'll break it down. If you've got friends who are doing shady stuff, more than likely, they are going to pull you into that. In the same way that if you surround yourself with people who are actively following Jesus, when you start to to move away from the direction that you need to be headed, those friends are probably gonna bring you back in. Meaning, when you start to choose to go to whatever sports game or whatever thing, or you choose to start watching Netflix on Wednesday nights instead of coming to RSM, you're gonna have friends that check on you and say, hey, where you been? That's a simple example. Bad company corrupts good character. They need to have the same goal and direction. The second thing is they need to be fit enough to do the job. What do I mean by that? Nims die would not be taking sumo wrestlers on this journey with him to climb the 14 highest peaks, would he? No, he doesn't want them to roll back down the mountain, right? He wouldn't do that. He would take people who were seasoned and trained in climbing mountains. In the same way, you can be fit as a fiddle, but if you don't know how to climb, do you think Nims die is gonna take you? No. As we go through this journey of life, what does that mean? That means that we need to find people who have already been training in following Jesus. They can say that they're following Jesus, but then when you look a close, or take a closer look at their life, they're not following Jesus. They come to RSM on Wednesday night, but every single uh, the other day of the week, they act like they hate God and they hate people. You need to surround yourself with people who are following Jesus and people who don't just say that, but do that. Because here's the thing, coming to church on Sunday or saying you're a believer in Jesus does not show other people that you are a believer in Jesus. Jesus says that they will know who I am, they will know I am legit, through their unity and through their love. So if you want a friend, if you're looking for a friend, as you get older, as you are looking for these companions, 
Does this person love God and love people? Does this person have a good character? Is this person respectful? Is this person kind to others? Does this person have the time of day that when you're talking to them, they actually look you in the eyes? These are all things that you wanna look for as you're looking for companions in this journey of life. So they need to be fit enough to do the job. The next thing is they need, you need to enjoy being with them. That's simple, right? If we are going on this journey with Nimsdai, if we're Nimsdai and we're about to climb these 14 peaks, I don't think that the journey would go too well if we surrounded ourselves with people who we wanna kill after 15 minutes of being with, right? In the same way, you need to surround yourself with friends who you actually like to be around. Meaning, you need to recognize the way that you are wired. For instance, I would imagine for a lot of you guys, I'm probably way too loud, and that's okay. Some of you guys need some people who are a little bit quieter. Some of you guys love the loudness. Some of you guys like to be at home, and and when you get around massive groups of people, that isn't something that you love. Some of you guys love to go outside and adventure, and some of you guys love to be crazy and chop trees and ride dirt bikes and do all those things. Find people who like to ride dirt bikes. Some of you guys like to play video games. Find people who you can play video games with. What am I saying? You need to actually enjoy being around the person that you are spending your time with, whether that be a friend, whether that be in any sort of dating relationship. Understood? Now, here's the thing that I want you to remember, though. There is some truth in the saying that opposites attract. I wanna change that a little bit, okay? So opposites attract, right? I wanna tell you guys that opposites balance. What do I mean? Let's compare myself and Ellie, okay? You guys know both of us fairly well, right? Yes, cool. So, Ellie loves to be around people. Loves, 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 loves to be around people, wants to do the things. You guys aren't gonna believe it. I hate to be around people. I literally do. I know, I know. Just because you're good with people does not mean you like to be around them, all right? So here's the thing. If I married somebody who also wanted to stay at home all the time and curl up in a ball and do nothing, I would become a hermit and I wouldn't have any friends and I'd have no people to challenge and encourage me. So what do Ellie and I do? We balance each other out. When we're going, 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 I can say, hey Ellie, I need some time at the house. I just, I just need to shut up and I need to play my guitar and not talk to nobody. And when I am shutting up and, not, and just playing my guitar and not talking to nobody for too long, Ellie can be like, Gabe, you need to go talk to some people. And we can, we can balance each other out, understood? So, in your friend group, in companionship, in dating, you guys need to be able to to provide some balance to one another. That's a necessary thing. So yes, find people that you enjoy to be with, but also find people who you can balance each other out. And the last thing is rejoices in the truth. What do I mean by that? I mean that you surround yourself with friends and or companions for dating, who you two or you four or friend group or whatever can challenge one another. 
So if we're following God together and we know that part of following Jesus is being a man or woman of your word and you're constantly lying, you have friends around you who can say, hey bro, you need to get your act together. Or if you're dating, you two can both hold each other accountable of, hey, we're following Jesus together. We are, we are figuring out this whole thing of if we are gonna work for marriage, but we also are not gonna compromise on boundaries because if this doesn't work for marriage, one, I've just moved the line forward with somebody else's spouse. Also, we're not married yet. We're still brother and sister in Christ. That's kind of weird. And we know that this isn't okay. Why? Because we're opening each other up to things. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can challenge one another. What's the other thing? I think oftentimes you see friend groups that are constantly going up against each other because the minute that somebody else does something good, you have to one-up them. You need to rejoice in the truth that if your brother or sister, your friend and or your dating companion does something good, you don't have to make it a competition. You can rejoice with what they just did. That's rejoicing in the truth. And the last thing with rejoicing in the truth is recognizing, especially in a dating relationship, that we are gonna rejoice in the truth that there is a lot of great things in beginning to open up to one another. But what we do not wanna do is begin to open up to one another about things that can create an emotional, intimate bond. What do I mean by that? I've heard a lot of people say, hey, my dating person is my accountability partner. This is what I have to tell you about that. I have to tell you that in sharing things that you two are going through, that you two may be struggling with, oftentimes you can open up a can of worms of you two are becoming emotionally intimate and typically emotional intimacy leads to physical intimacy. And so, and we're gonna talk about this in a second with boundaries, but we do not wanna put ourselves in a situation where we might compromise on the standards that we have set for a relationship of we wanna be pure, okay? So what are the four things we wanna look for? We'll keep it simple. They need to, do y'all remember? What's the first thing? They need to have the same goal and? Direction. And the second thing is they need to be fit enough to do the? And the third thing is that you need to enjoy being around them. And then the last thing, you they need to rejoice in the? Truth. That's it. So point number two is situation, not location. All right. And this is gonna be referring a lot towards dating, okay? Again, we've got this companion mindset this, we'll talk about how this kind of fits with friends, but mainly with dating. What do I mean by situation, not location? They kind of sound like the same thing. They kind of don't. What are we talking about? I have had a lot of students come to me, and again, I'm being brutally honest with you guys, all right? So I need you to be mature. I've had a lot of students come to me and be like, Gabe, if we keep everything neck up, are we good? Or, hey, Gabe, if we just keep everything like chest up, are we good? Gabe, I'm not doing nothing. Like, it don't have sex in the title. Are we good? And here's the thing I wanna tell you guys with boundaries. If you're looking for the line, you've probably already crossed it. If you're looking for the line, you've probably already crossed the line. What do I mean? Obviously, we are gonna stay away from physical intimacy. 
And for some of us, that may mean that holding hands, because the minute we see that Jesus tells us that if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. So if you even begin to undress someone in your mind, then you've already committed adultery. You are on the same level as the person who went and cheated on their husband. Same level. So if you begin to hold hands with somebody and then you notice that your mind starts turning, then you probably need, we can't be doing that. For some people, that's, that's it. We can't be holding hands. For some people, maybe, okay, I can give them a little peck and we're good, good to go, right? But that's it recognize I'm not gonna tell you, hey, you need to do this or do that or do this. What I need to tell you is that you need to work out your own faith with fear and trembling. I'm also gonna tell you that if it has sex in the title, it's sex. And I'm also gonna tell you that if the bikini covers it, don't touch it. Understood? So we're being brutally honest with these things. But what do I mean by situation, not location? Gabe, you just gave us body part locations. I know I did. What do I mean? I mean that because we want to remain pure and stay pure, we're gonna look at a verse and then we're gonna talk about it and talk about the situation thing. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overcome you or overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is what I wanna tell you. I can tell you from personal experience. I also can tell you from counseling people through these things, all right? Oftentimes, we will put ourselves in a position where it's like, oh, well, we were alone together and we was watching the movie and nobody was around and it was dark, but God always gives me a way out of the temptation, but we still did it. Well, it's like, yeah, you ding dong. What do you expect? You've just aroused all these things within you and then you're just gonna try and tell yourself to stop in the moment? That's not gonna happen. We are going to avoid the situation entirely. We need to recognize that if you're watching a movie together alone in the dark and mom and dad are downstairs and you're upstairs, it's probably a stupid idea. We're gonna recognize that when we can begin to start driving, that we're not gonna sit alone together in a parked car in the parking lot. That's a stupid idea. We're gonna recognize that it's probably a stupid idea to go swimming by yourselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm being real with you guys because I want you guys, when you begin to do these things, to have standards, to have boundaries. What are we avoiding? We are avoiding a situation. Why? Because the scriptures say, no temptation has overcome or overtaken us, which is not or uncommon to man, but also it says that God's not gonna tempt us beyond what we can bear, but he always gives us a way out. Oftentimes, that way out is don't put yourself in the situation in the first place, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? For instance, we'll, we'll do this, we'll do this. So I'm going to take this table that we used for the game and we're gonna demonstrate this point. This table is on an incline, right? Let's look at this as the top of this incline is the situation. And oftentimes, as things escalate, they keep escalating. That's what happens. Because the minute the line goes to right here is the minute that you're gonna try and find the edge of the line and then you're gonna cross it, all right? And this is gonna sound terrible 
and you guys are gonna hate me for it, but oftentimes we get into situations and we decide, hey, you know what? I'm strong, I can do it. I'm gonna sit in the parked car by myself and it'll be great. And so we start going through this situation. Stop it, stop it! How stupid was that? You think the water bottle's gonna stop? Why? Gravity took it, right? Recognize that your ability to make a wise and informed decision when you put yourself in a situation that's gonna spark up things in you that need to stay at bay is gonna be greatly hindered. You're not gonna be able to make a wise decision when you're sitting alone in the room and it's dark. In the same way, in friendships, if you two both know you're pyromaniacs, you don't need to play with gasoline. That's a stupid idea, right? If, if me and Joshua are pyromaniacs and we'll be like, oh, it's just gonna be a small fire. And then all of a sudden, the fire department's there, they're taking us away in handcuffs and there's three people who are charred, right? But, it was, but we were gonna start small, we were gonna start small. Do you recognize how stupid that is? I want you guys to guard against the situation. So what do you do? You stay out of the situation. If you would feel awkward with your grandma walking in in this situation, stay out of it. If you recognize that this situation is just gonna continue to escalate, then stay out of it. It's an easy, th- it's an easy decision. When is the decision easy? Before you're there. The decision to stop is a lot harder when you get into that situation. Recognize that. So, situation, not location. We're gonna stay away from physical intimacy. We are going to. But we also are gonna recognize that we're not even gonna begin to put ourselves in the situation, okay? Okay, and the last point is this. It all comes back to the heart. I feel like, I hope you guys have heard this from me the past three weeks is that when we talk about relationships with people in general, dating relationships, when we talk about just anything in general, it all comes down to the heart. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, our heart is transformed. When we choose to believe in him and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we are saved, and that is the beginning of that process of what we call sanctification. What is this process of sanctification? That's a big word, I don't understand it. That process is becoming more like Jesus. And because of that, our heart changes. And we we know that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. In addition to that, out of the overflow of the heart, we will act a certain way. As you guys know, Miss Lynette's probably like the nicest person y'all ever meet, right? She probably has prayed for every single one of us in this room for three hours each. I don't know how she got that many hours today, but it was a supernatural thing, right? It was crazy. Here's the thing. Miss Lynette will probably tell you that before Jesus, probably wasn't that nice of a person. There you go. Wasn't that nice of a person. In the same way, as you guys know, Joshua or Jack or Mike are great leaders, right? And, and we see Miss Jeannie. And here's the thing. All of us started somewhere. But this journey of growing has been growing through the instruction 
in the power of Jesus at work within us, known as the Holy Spirit. What am I telling you guys? I'm telling you guys that in relationships, what you need to look for is a person whose heart is surrendered to Jesus. Whether that's a friend, whether that's a dating companion, whatever that may be, their heart needs to be surrendered to Jesus. I'm gonna read a a scripture verse from Titus, and it's Titus chapter two, verses 11 through 14. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, when we're looking for people, those people need to be people who have recognized and remembered that it's God's grace that saves. They need to be people who live out changed lives because of God's grace. And what I love about this passage is it it talks about actually God's grace teaching us. You need to recognize that as you surround people or yourself with people and they're following Jesus, you guys are gonna change. You guys are going to be taught. You're gonna be taught by God's grace. And what are you guys gonna be taught to do? You're gonna begin to look more like Jesus, right? You're gonna begin to have have more fruit of the spirit, of love, of joy, of peace, patience, kindness, right? We need to be continually growing. What else does it tell us that God's grace teaches us? Well, it tells us to be self-controlled. So our minds are present when we make decisions, We're not making half-hearted decisions. We're not making these things that we don't think about, right? As when it comes to relationships, we're not dissing people just because we get mad in the moment and then all of a sudden you break up your friend group and you're all mad at each other for three weeks. That's just childish. That means that when people act up, we can remain self-controlled in the moment. In a relationship, we can have enough self-control to say, hey, this situation is gonna get us to push boundaries. That's what we need to look for. They need to be self-controlled. What else does it tell us? They need to be upright. Upright also is another word for righteous. And what does righteous talk about in the New Testament? That actually refers a lot of times in the Greek to our relationship with others. So they need to be righteous in the way that they treat people. They need to treat people with love. They need to treat people with kindness. They don't walk through the hallways and and just walk right by people when they're by themselves. They reach out and tell them of the love of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So we need to have self-control. We need to be able to be wise. We need to be able to, when things are happening, have enough control to not just punch somebody in the face. They also need to be righteous. Their relationships with other people need to look the right way. And then lastly, we're told to be godly referring to our relationship with God. Do we take him seriously? Meaning, if God tells us that there is a design for marriage, there is a design for sex, and it's in the container of marriage, do we take God seriously enough to actually obey that? Are we just gonna say, hey, because I wanna do things my way, I'm gonna trust that my way is better than God's way? What are you doing? 
again, brutally honest with you, you're basically giving God the middle finger. Yeah, you're saying, my way's better. My way's better. I'm gonna do things my way. And oftentimes, that's how we live. We turn our back on God, and we say, I'm gonna do it my way, but then I'm gonna be mad at you, God, when you don't bless me. I'm gonna be mad at you, God, when bad things happen and I don't have any peace. I'm gonna be mad at you, God, when things are happening and and trials are happening and I got no joy in them. Well, yeah, because you just turned your back on him. He didn't go anywhere, you decided to run away. So do they take God seriously? Those are the things we need to remember in relationships and in friendships. We need to remember that the people need to be following Jesus, not just with their mouth, but with their actions. We need to remember that, that, they're, that we need to surround ourselves with people we actually like to be around. We need to remember that we surround ourselves with people who we can be honest with. So when somebody's having a bad day, and when somebody doesn't have the self-control because the bad day happened and they just jump off on somebody, one, you don't just jump right back off on them and punch them and then start a brawl, right? We don't do that. We're able to listen and be kind, and then we're able to challenge and encourage. Hey, in your frustration, you shouldn't have said this. It's all good, but I just wanna encourage you for next time, probably shouldn't do that again. Do you understand what I'm saying? in both the process of friendships and then figuring out who you're gonna marry, you all should bring each other up. You should look better with each other than without each other. That's one thing that I'm very thankful for, that if I didn't have really good friends in my life, I would be a whole lot worse of a person. I would follow Jesus a whole lot worse. It's cool to have friends who you look up to, In the same way that if I wasn't married to Ellie, there'd probably be a lot of spaces in my life that I was blind to. Because oftentimes, God will use her to get through to me. Because I'm hard-headed and stubborn and like to do things my own way, like we just talked about. I like to turn my back on God a lot of times. And through Ellie, I'll be like, dude, I feel like you're turning your back on, you better stop it, you better stop. And then Ellie will get frustrated. She's like, Gabe, you need to stop acting a fool. This isn't gonna end well. Gabe, you did it again. You gotta put your foot in your mouth and go apologize to somebody again, right? The people you surround yourself with should bring you up and you should not tear each other down in the process of being friends or dating them, understood? You guys are dismissed to small groups and I want y'all to talk about everything. Got it? Thank you for listening to the Renovation Student Ministries podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.